I walked this way to school with Tommy Tomasino. He your best buddy? He hates me. Do you hate him? No. Did your mom set that up? Yes. Did you ever talk to your mom about how things are with Tommy? I don't tell her things. Why not? Because she doesn't look at me like everybody else, and I don't want her to. I don't want her to know. Know what? That I'm a freak. Hey. You are not a freak. Okay? Don't you believe anybody that tries to convince you of that? That's bullshit. You don't have to go through your life believing that. Okay? Come on. You said the S word. Yeah. I know. Sorry. with us tonight travis you'll remember him from the mars attacks episode go ahead and say hello woo woo hello everybody glad to be back uh we're glad to have you and tonight my wife is joining for this episode so bailey hello hi there we go i'm here we are gonna talk about the sixth sense tonight from m night Shyamalan. Did I say that right? I never know how to say his name right. It's Shyamalan. It's actually Shyamalama Ding Dong. That, that's what I say in my head every single time. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I almost said it, but I didn't. <laughs> All right. So the sixth sense. Story breakdown for you. Cole Seer, a troubled child, is gifted with a unique power to communicate with the dead. He consults an equally disturbed psychologist, Dr. Malcolm Crow, to help him out of this strange problem. This was released October 7th, 1999. And let's dive into it. Who wants to take the lead on these scores? I will, you're both technically guests, so I will fall wherever you would like. I be a Southern gentleman, so I say ladies first. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Bailey, what um, are you thinking? What's the first thing? Story. What is your score for this story? Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it a hard five because, uh, it's, it's good. And, uh, it's not really the same as like anything else I've ever seen. So I'm going, going five and that's all I have to say. All right. Mm-hmm. Travis. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at my scorecard. I must've hit the wrong button. Cause I'm agreeing with Bailey here. This is a, for as okay. far as a story goes, this is a five, um, the, the originality of it. And back when I first saw this movie as a kid, wow. Talk about blew my mind. It blew everybody's mind. Um, especially, you know, and I'm sure we're going to get to it at some point during our conversation, the twist ending, what M night Shyamalan has become known for, uh, 
the it, it's it's a ghost story, uh, psychological horror, and I would say it's kind of fringe horror. It, it's on the cusp of maybe just a thriller slash drama, but there's enough scares and horror elements in there that yeah, I would have definitely. to yeah just it's it's a it's a five for originality in in my book yeah um i we're unanimous on this one i gave it a five too i was sitting down it's it's been years since i saw this movie because i don't know why but this is kind of a movie that i figured out the twist you know you heard twist way back when and then you're like well i don't really need to see it again but then I was watching it again for this and I was like, man, I'm seeing this movie in a totally different light than I did years ago. And I'm sitting there thinking like, I've never seen a story like this, especially considering the twist being brought in there. Um, actually it loosely, very loosely reminded me of the frighteners from because that's also in our 13 Nights of Halloween, but that's solely as far as your main character can see ghosts. That's it. And I I can't really think of many other movies, honestly, where that happens. And that's mainly because I probably don't watch a lot of ghost related horror movies. But uh, outside of that idea of being able to see ghosts the whole setup and premise of the story of a psychologist meeting with a troubled child. And that background is totally original. Haven't seen anything like it since or before. So five out of five on the story originality. So then we get, well, did you have, I want to suggest yeah, something for um, next Halloween. Whenever you do this again, yeah. Throw in the others. If you've never seen that movie. Oh, I have seen that one. Oh yeah. man. Such is a, that, no, was that Nicole Kidman? Yep. 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 And it's so good, but I, and I won't go too much on that movie, uh, too into depth on that film, but it's just another good, it's one of my favorite ghost stories and haunted house movies of all time. And I think it's got a great twist ending. And in my opinion, on this level, really in my opinion, okay. yeah. I'll have to go back and, um wait I'm did not we watch worry. that together tim i don't remember i don't think I know we did. i've seen it the I twist on before. the twist on that one is you find out that she's the ghost right well spoilers <laughs> for all the listeners we don't we don't worry about spoilers oh. for movies that are streaming okay so i should i should make that clear yeah. yeah if movies are available to stream somewhere they're free to spoil well then yeah the 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 twist is that nicole kidman and her children are the ghosts and they are in fact yes. the ones haunting this house and I, I i saw that movie with my mom brought me to the theater to see that film and um you know for me i was probably i don't even know how old uh that was in 2001 i think so i was probably 11 my mom brought me and it was PG-13, so she's like, this is going to be fine. Mm -hmm. I wasn't fine. <laughs> it scared the crap out of me, so yeah. Yeah. The um, the one that we have watched, Bailey, that's one of my favorite ghost stories, uh, is a Spanish movie. Um, Can I the guess? The Orphanage. Oh, I was going to say The Orphanage. Yep. I, I think it's it's a beautiful film. Mm-hmm. Guillermo del I, Toro produced. Yes, yes. And... Uh, Man, I love the director, but I forgot his name currently. Uh, oh, I don't. I wouldn't know either offhand. 
I only knew it because yeah. because of Guillermo, and I'm a big Del Toro fan. Love that boy. Yep. Yes, and that movie is just. I can't it's beautiful it creeped me out the first time I saw it especially that uh paranormal investigation scene Mm -hmm. where the children are just screaming and all you see is that lady's face on the tv that part got got under my skin but man beautiful story we digress (laughs) but that's okay that's what this is about um it's mainly about the sixth sense but if we talk about other things that's fine all right diving into the character how unique or compelling was this character's arc, Bailey? Hmm. I think I'm going to have to go with the five again, because that little kid, he got me like, I don't know. Like I don't normally cry during movies. I'm not as easy of a crier as Tim, unless it's about animals, but like, <laughs> there you go. I came Throw me under the bus. <laughs> I'm sorry. But like, he was so good. Like, Obviously, what's Bruce Willis's name in this movie? I don't even remember. Malcolm Crow. Uh, Malcolm. Yes. Yep. His character obviously developed a lot. We're allowed to say it, right? We know what happens. Yeah. So, I mean, those are like the two main characters. But I think that overall, like they just really got to me. And I did not expect that to happen. So I'll give that a five as well. Okay. Nice. Travis. Yeah. Same thing. Me and uh, we're, we're, I, we're so far. We're all, I, I, cause I have a feeling that Tim is going to come in. Hope I think you are strong, but yeah, this, uh, <laughs> yeah. every it's, and it's not just, it's like you said, it's Cole. It's, it's Malcolm's story arcs. The, the scared little boy who's having to cope with the trauma of this gift that he has, and he doesn't know how to use it yet. Malcolm, who is in the film, dealing with his uh his marriage potentially falling apart from his perspective that's that's kind of what mm-hmm. you know the, the the way the movie paints the narrative paints the picture for us and tony collette's character mama lynn she's having to deal with her son and and trying to make ends meet as a as a single mother and the, the whole backstory with her and her mom and you also have um the wife of Malcolm Crow. I'm forgetting her name as a character, unfortunately, yeah. but um, I think it's Anna. I could be wrong about that, but yes, that sounds right. So, and Anna is despondent. She's not com- in the, the narrative communicating with, with uh, Malcolm. So, and it's just, she's, but she's really coping with grief. So it's just where all the character arcs go in this story. This is M. Night. Um, I'm not I, I want to say it's at the top of his game. And I think on the previous episode, I had mentioned being an M. Night apologist. Yeah, that's why I called you back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm going to say this is not even my favorite Shyamalan film. So, in fact, I would say it's like mid-tier Shyamalan. OK, so now that you have said that, because I was I was planning to ask during this episode, I do want to know what your favorite is. You want me to reveal it now or you want to wait till we're done talking about this movie? If, if you want to hold off till the directing category, I'll leave that up to you. Yeah, but I would yeah. like to know. Let's let's because I, this isn't my favorite by him either. So, OK, yeah, let's wait till yep. we get to the directing part, because that's where I was going to drop some comments. But <laughs> OK, but I do think this is like as far as writing goes, this is M. Night at the top of his game. And I think he's been at the top of his game a few times. So five yep. from me for uh, characters. Okay. 
So again, yep, five from me. You, yeah. you picked me. Uh, <laughs> nice. So, so the part that you mentioned kind of the the child dealing with the trauma and I was watching this movie again years later through a much older lens than when I was 15, 16 watching it the first time. Um, and just realizing the emotional weight of the storyline, it's so much more than a jump scare movie. And the trauma that that kid is going with and the isolation that that kid is feeling and the relationship he builds with the therapist, but also the resolutions at the end of them are satisfying conclusions to these journeys that the the one that got me, yeah, my wife will tell you I cry at my, every good movie. My dog I, Skip. I cry. I have Homeward Bound. I haven't seen it. I cry. Homeward Bound. I cry. She and I were just talking about this. She was just saying that the I was next- saying we should do um, a sad animal movies from your childhood series. Oh, yes. Are you? And she threw out Homeward Bound, and I was like, I can't do that to myself now. I can't do it. She's trying to torture you. Look, I, I'm with yes. you though. I'm a sensitive boy, and I cry for for movies and stuff too. So you're not alone. I, okay. I, I even, I kind of welled up a little bit. A little bit when Tony Stark said, when, he, well, Thanos is like, I am inevitable. And Tony's like, oh, yeah, I am Iron Man. I, <laughs> I, I teared up a little bit, yep. but not like dog. Dog movies kill me. They kill me. But See, I'm sorry, I didn't mean Old, to interrupt. No, you're good. Old Yeller wrecks me. Can't watch it. Marley and me watched one time. I'm good for life. That's exactly um, the same for me. I've seen that movie <laughs> yep. once and that was enough. That was enough. Yep. I was like, I'm done. I'm a dog person. My my wife will tell you my two dogs, they're our children, but we, we digress. But yeah, that's I'm an emotional guy when it get when it comes to movies, TV shows. Um I'll have you ever have you watched Haunting of Hill House? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you bet you that show wrecks me. You best believe I teared up. And I'm currently watching yep. <laughs> Fall of the House of Usher. I yep. I'm on the last episode. I've got one more to go and I'm loving it. So we finished it. I loved it. I will say it didn't have the same emotional reactions throughout that some of Mike Flanagan's other work has. Midnight Mass. However, yes, Ooh. one of my favorite. Those two, Hill House and Midnight Mass, two of my favorite horror anything, period. They're just so good. Um, but I teared up in this movie when... Um, Why am I spacing? Is it, Cole. Is it in the car? Uh, the car? Yeah. No. Okay. No, I sobbed in the car when he's talking <laughs> about grandma. I, I lost it at that scene. But the first time I teared up, and it was kind of the resolution of Cole's arc, is um, Dr. Malcolm talks to him about maybe if you talk to these spirits and find out why they're here what they need to say to you, maybe they'll go away. And they kind of have that resolution discussion. And then that scene of the girl in the tent vomiting shows up and she says, I think I'm feeling better. And his initial reaction is to scamper. He's out of there, but then he stops and he turns around and Haley Joel Osment just killed it with this face. And this is when I teared up because you can see in his face that he is terrified but he needs to do this. And he turns around and he says, do you have something you want to tell me? And that is such a beautiful, like 
culmination and resolution to what he has been going through this whole film of running from these things that scare him and hiding from these things that scare him and how with the exception of bruce's character um bruce tells him you need to face these fears you need to face these spirits and talk to them and figure this out and see why they're still hanging on and you can just see in his first attempt at that how terrified he was but how he was kind of hopeful that this could be the answer to help him and that story arc for him alone five and then you can dive into dr malcolm's with his wife in that final scene of him realizing what's been going on also just a great story arc this is this is what i'm looking for in a story arc i'm looking for that journey that we go through throughout the whole movie and then that satisfying conclusion and satisfying doesn't always have to mean happy ending but one that resolves the issues the main characters were struggling with. And this movie does a fantastic job of that. Bravo. (laughs) So on to music and sound, then we'll jump right into that one, Bailey. Um, I guess I would just say three because I don't remember anything about it. And we watched it yesterday. So I feel like it was just good. It's fine. That is perfectly fair. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm, I don't really have anything else. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> you're you're good. I'm gonna twin with you again. Uh, it's a three for me as well because, unlike Signs, The Village, uh, there there's especially Signs. There, there <laughs> there's nothing that I remember after watching the film that comes like that I don't hum the tune or am not moved or inspired by the tune unless I'm watching. I say the tune. I'm not trying to be like, so blase about it. It's a score. James Newton Howard is a master, but right. And, and I do want to point out that James and, and uh, M Knight have been collaborators for a long time. And this is, I think where it started. And um, it's, it's just his score in this movie is not something that, necessarily sticks out to me that's not to say it's not effective though i do i do think that the movie is very the score in this movie is very effective while i'm watching the movie but after that it's not something that stays with me now sound design i'm i'm more like and this is why i struggle with giving it a four because the, the i think the score and the sound design are both very important aspects the sound design i would give itself a five but since we're combining them and, and kind of letting them meld together, I'll meet in the, like kind of a happy medium and say a three. But I think the sound design in this movie is spectacular. Um, I don't know if that's just because it was a bigger budget production and they had, you know, more to work with here than some lower budget films, which nowadays that's not saying a lot. Lower budget movies nowadays have spectacular sound design. So. Uh, but the sound design's great. The score is good while I watch it. And so I give it a three overall. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you brought up something I was going to touch on and then I forgot about it. So I'll jump into my score. Oh, the combination of sound design and score. the And the reason why we combine them as far as what we do at the average Um Really, I lumped those two together because I think 
of movies like Paranormal Activity that have no score whatsoever. And how the sound design is really there to help put you on edge just as much as any score would be. Or if you go back to last year, we didn't do a podcast episode about it, but we talked, um, we posted it. It might have been two years ago. Um, We watched the original Nosferatu, which is just music, no audio. And so we uh, that's the reason kind of why I lumped those two together. Some movies you have, most movies you have both. Some movies you only have one. And so kind of just fit those two together. But for this one, I actually did give it a three. I thought the music was good. Um, I think, like we all said, it's not super memorable. It's not one of James Newton's Howard's most memorable scores. Um, for me, I actually struggled. This movie does one of my least favorite sins in sound design. And that is where the dialogue is super quiet and the action for lack of a better word is very loud. Oh, like, and like for instance, when, and just to say whenever you're having the conversations, whatever, but then when they go to that party, cause that's a scene I wanted to touch on some, this might be a good example of when Cole goes upstairs and those bully kids lock him in that, in that closet, that little crawl space closet area. Mm-hmm. It's juxtaposed with the loud party downstairs. Right. Yeah. And so that does that sound design. And I, I, I don't, I don't know if this was your point, but, but in this type of movie, and if it is, then shut me up and finish your point. <laughs> <laughs> no, go for it. Go for it. I think you're countering my point, which is totally fine. Oh, really? Okay. So I, are you saying it was done intentionally to heighten that moment? I think so. I think in this type of movie, at least that's the way I felt watching it again uh, for this review and how I, I feel like I felt every time I ever watched it is that you get these very quiet, intimate moments and then bam, you know, it's like, oh shit. Oh, damn it. You're okay. You're okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're good. And then you get, you get these, like, it's going to, it's, of course it's like a jump scare type moment, but the way this movie's written and the way the scenes play out, it's not a cheap jump scare. It's an earned jump scare type scenario. And I, I like that when Cole is upstairs and he's in that little crawl space and you hear the voices talking to him and the music's happening downstairs. He's screaming. The parents start hearing it, even though, you know, I, I like the juxtaposition is, is what I'm saying, I guess. Yeah. And I think this movie earns that, in my opinion. And I think that's a totally fair, especially that scenario. I think what bothers me um, and I see it done a lot, especially in serious dramatic roles in movies Um is those quiet moments of dialogue when they're almost whispering to each other. And that drives me crazy because yeah, I'm getting up there in age. I can't hear as well as I used to turn that volume all the way up. And then yeah, my wife unmuted because she was about to say something about me being old. Weren't well, you? I wasn't. No, I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, cause we have a hard time with TV and sound anyway, because usually while we're watching anything, the dogs are playing so we have to have it turned up way loud or else we can't hear anything. So, 
Yeah. I wasn't then, making any comments about you. I'm a loud okay. I'm a loud movie watcher, by the way. Like I will turn the movie all like not all the way up, but I will turn it way up. Even if it's a loud movie, I just I I don't know. I like watching it super loud. So because I like I like the ambiance of a movie theater. And anytime you go to a movie theater, even if it's a quiet movie, it's still loud. It's turned up. Yeah. And yep. and so I want to recreate as best I can the experience of going to the theater in my own home because I'm a movie I'm I'm a theater fan. I love the cinema. I hope it never yep. dies. And that's my I'm f- with you there. <laughs> that's my favorite way. Yeah, exactly. Favorite way to watch a movie is at the movies. But at home I crank it. Crank that up like Jason yeah. Statham. I <laughs> I used to. Um I won't throw my wife under the bus, but she won't let me buy a new receiver. So we have all the surround sound speakers, but my receiver died and I haven't replaced it yet. So someday I'll replace that and then rehook up all the speakers and then we'll be set. Yeah. But this is probably, this is probably an example of, I didn't have the best setup to watch this movie. I, we did watch it on a different TV than we normally do. But that is just the three for me kind of goes for I'm I'm not always a big fan of the whispering to loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a fair I, critique. I mean, honestly, like not you're not alone. It like, has a way of lulling you like it dulls the senses when it's so quiet. And that it's like you had pointed out, it's probably 100% on purpose, but it's just something that I've never cared for. I think for a movie like this and other films where it, it, it's it, well, you just said it's like a lulling. It's trying to get you to lean closer a little bit and then boom, it gets you with that, you know, the juxtaposition. yeah, like those early internet videos of like the car driving on the hillside and you're supposed to look at it for a couple of seconds and then something pops out <laughs> at you. Yeah, yeah, and that that's, in my opinion, that's an example of like a cheap jump scare. So Yes, it would be. But, but as far as a sound design aspect goes, but not to get bogged down in it, but, but I hear you and I think that, you know, fair, fair play, like it, it's not your style of like, I don't want to hear whispers and then suddenly bam it's a big old loud yeah. thing and and i and i get that i get that with certain movies it just depends on if it's earned or not in my opinion and that's kind of but i'm still at a three i think we're, we're all at a three right here aren't we we're all at threes again so far yeah. we are lining up yep. simpatico yep so jumping into editing and special effects we'll see if we continue to line up here bailey what did you think of the editing and special effects Editing and special effects. I'm going to say four. <laughs> is that bad? I no, don't know. No, no, no. Keep going. It's not. <laughs> yeah. Go for I it. Can say, like, I feel like it was pretty good. Like, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Because, like, there were obviously special effects when people are dead. And so they're doing makeup and stuff. And I think that was really good. But then. I don't know. I just I don't feel like I should give it a five because I don't feel like it was like, oh, my gosh, great. But. I think it was pretty good. And I think I would believe those people are dead if I saw them in real life. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Yep. Yep. I laughed only because once again, it's for me, the editing and special effects in this film are a four. And it's, it, it kind of comes down to what you're saying. 
it, the believability of the ghosts and everything. This is not a special effects fiasco. So let's let's right. like say that right out the gate. This is a a atmospheric piece when it comes to the editing and special effects. So editing again, and I think we had this conversation last time about the difference between the two on Mars Attacks. And I'm glad that you on that episode you fleshed out your reasoning for grouping them together. And on this episode, you fleshed out your reasoning for grouping the uh, music and sound design together. So for a newcomer to the average, the more, you know, exactly. It just, it helps, <laughs> it helps to understand. Um, and now I do. So for this one, this is a atmospheric piece. And in that regard, I'm going to say the editing of this movie is top notch and why it gets a four, because the special effects are okay. They're not, they're, they're good for what, what their purpose is served. They're, they're, they're not here to be the showcase. The showcase is definitely the storytelling, the characters, the atmosphere. Um, right. And I think the editing lends itself to all of that. Again, M Knight at the top of his game when it comes to, now I don't know who his editor was, but everything I think passes through his final say, he seems like that auteur type of director where I believe he collaborates with people. And based on what I've seen from him, he definitely does. But I also know he's the end all say all. He has the final say, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So when the editing in this movie is great from and I think I think you get a lot of what's going to come later from M. Night and his editing style, the style, the way his films are shot, the things he focuses on, the way he frames something. And this is going to kind of lean into the directing category, which we're coming up on in a few uh, categories yep. but that's all that to say I'm going to give it a, a four as well I like it a lot almost perfect the only thing that would have made it more perfect is if this movie was rated R and we got some crazy gore from, from the ghost but that's about <laughs> but that's just me that's just me <laughs> yeah I so also again I lined up at a four um, not much conflict in the scoring of this film but it's really, really solid. I I have to agree with you. There was a part of me watching this movie last night, Travis, that I was like, man, if you went into this a little bit harder, you could ramp up the horror and still keep the story. Mm -hmm. But I do think by keeping it a PG-13, he hit a much broader audience. But yeah, it's, you know, it's a different taste. But the I thought actually for a PG 13 movie, some of the spirit, especially the boy with the back of his head blown off. I thought that was pretty visceral for a PG 13. I was like, that's, I don't think it would change the rating of the movie because it's such a brief moment. But I was like, Ooh, that one, like just the idea of it being a younger person and the makeup on it was really good. Um, they did a great job with the practical effects. There's a couple moments in the editing that I almost gave this a five. And so I feel like I'm nitpicking here to justify the four because I thought it was just really, really solid all the way across nitpicking. There were a couple too many fade to blacks for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's really nitpicking, but it's not something I use a lot or I see a lot and it's not really something I like. Uh -huh. Um, it seems it seems like a lazy editing choice to fade the black. Um, 
But I there were only a couple times that I was like, why do we fade to black there? There were other times that I was like, I get it. We're supposed to absorb the moment of what just happened. Let me let me guess. You, you wanted a Star Wars swipe across the screen at it, right? Yeah, I lost you there. <laughs> I was saying you want a Star Wars swipe across the screen at it. Yeah, yeah. Or I think of Attack of the Clones. <laughs> I think there's a radial clock wipe at one point. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No. Um I love clever transitions. I just think a fade to black is not not really a clever one, but it can be used to like as punctuation for the moment, like, ooh, something dramatic just happened. Let's take a breath before we dive into the next scene. I just thought this movie had a couple too many uses of them. Maybe it only had two or three. I don't remember, but it did stand out to me. The other part, uh, for the rest of it, I mean, like I said, I almost gave this a five, so I feel like I'm really nitpicking because I thought it was really solid throughout. Well, how do you feel in your heart, though? It sounds like you want to give it a five. I, I, I might. Oh. I might want to give it a five. You should if you feel like that. In my in my opinion, look, I'm just okay. this is a slight I'm gonna pimping on the nightclub right here, but we go by our hearts, man. We go by our hearts, and whatever our hearts dictate, no matter what our guts say, no matter what our brains say, it's like my heart says this is a well, we we do the tens, but uh, <laughs> for, yeah, if you know what, I ain't gonna try to sway you, but I feel like you should go with your heart on this one. Okay. Uh uh. I'll think about it as we go. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. But I I try to score based on my initial feelings after viewing. So I watch it. How did I feel about it? Like as credits roll, what are what am I thinking? And so I kind of go off that and then try to go back and justify why I gave it that. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know why I did. I forgot about this movie 20 seconds later. Um <laughs> Like, man, no, I won't go into it. Well, I just saw the haunting, the haunting in Venice. Don't don't spoil. I haven't seen it. I want to see it. OK, because I loved the first two. Me movies. too. Me too. So, OK, well, then I won't spoil anything for you. Well, so. How about this? Then? <laughs> how about this? Then fade to black. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I fade in. How does everybody feel about the script? <laughs> yes, there we go. <laughs> And I'm handing the show over to Travis now. Bailey, how did you feel about the script? Hmm. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a four again. Here's what happens when I don't do my scores before. Tim was yelling at me about it before we started, and I still didn't do it. I think I'm gonna do. A I four. wasn't yelling. Well, no, you weren't yelling, but <laughs> I was telling you you had to have a score before we started recording. <laughs> I was really busy. <laughs> um, I was playing Just Dance. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. But yeah, I think that there was like a couple times where like something that he said I thought was really good. But I mean, for the most part, I think it was just good for the story. But I I feel like I only give scripts a five if I'm like crying or laughing. And this was just kind of like, it's good. But I don't, I don't remember anything like marvelous. So. Hmm. 
Well, all right. We will now we will start to split because I give this a five for the script. When when M. Night Shyamalan yes. decides to go dark, he goes dark. You talked about the girl throwing up in that mystical little uh-huh. blanket fort. Yep. Um, that is a prelude to a dark scene in this movie where a mother is poisoning her daughter slowly to death. And yep. once Munchausen's by proxy, <laughs> once that's <laughs> once Cole figures out that his purpose is to try to talk to these ghosts. Thanks. Thanks to Malcolm. He, he goes on a journey where he is trying to help all the ghosts that he sees in his life. And the saddest one is this little girl for me, her mother. I, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. But children in. Yeah. Children in danger and horror is, and I don't, I don't like this word, but it's a trigger for me. Um, not that I can't handle it or won't handle it. I can and I will, but it's something that makes me more uncomfortable than watching someone's head get cut off. It's just, yeah. it's uncomfortable, but, but it's important it's, in, for the story and it should not be censored or blocked in my opinion. Yeah. It used to be considered taboo. It, I think it's to have a, it still is have a children child killed or in danger. But like you said, it's very important to this story. Yeah. And, 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 and I want to point out, I think it still is somewhat taboo. You're not going to find it mm-hmm. around every corner in a horror movie even, but, um, and that's just one aspect of this story. The script, the, the dialogue is fantastic. And that scene that you were talking about earlier, where, where Cole reveals his secret, it's just breathtaking. And that again goes to the editing and the pacing, the direction. Like it, it's a lot mm-hmm. of things culminated in there, but it starts with the words on paper. Um, and again, the twist at the end, how it all wraps up. This script is a five. I can't give it anything lower because of what we're going to get to later with the it factor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I actually, here's a brief moment where we disagree. I gave it a four. I do think the script is great for all of the reasons that you said, especially Haley Joel Osment's or Cole's lines. There are many of his lines when he's describing his struggle that are honestly just bone chilling. The words coming from this child's mouth, um, when he's talking about the man getting stabbed in the neck with a screwdriver or the hanging people at his school, there are moments that it is just beautifully written and disturbing in a way that not a lot of other horror movies are doing is like where it's described and we're leaving it up to our own imagination. It's not being shown. It's not, right in front of us. Um, and I love those moments. The moments that I did think it struggled were with the doctor's character, um, the therapist character. I thought there were just a couple times when he was like talking into his recorder that it didn't sound. I, I don't know. It didn't sound right to me. It didn't come across as if he was a professional, And I don't know if that was my just my knowing his situation and knowing how the movie ends and then trying to fit how that all works together throughout the film. I I don't know. There were just 
some things I didn't love, um, but just about every one of Cole's lines is perfection. So that was the struggle. I didn't really care for some of the doctor's lines. Loved Cole. So that's why I settled on the four. I think a four is a great score too. Like, honestly, I mean, and, and to say something is perfect is, is definitely high praise, but to say it's near perfect is equally high praise. <laughs> yes. So I, I mean, I always consider in my scoring that fives should be as rare as zeros. Um, but that's very often not the case. And this movie is a perfect example of why it's not the case, because <laughs> there are quite a few fives in this film. Um, and so, many more to come. <laughs> and yes. And speaking of, well, I don't want to spoil anything, but let's go into the acting. What are the scores for acting, Bailey? Oh, bro. I gave it a five because it was so good. <laughs> First of all, Tony Collette, I didn't remember that she was in this movie. And then. Yeah, neither did I. Yeah. And then like the scene where she was mad about, well, she thought he was taking the bumblebee pendant and she was getting so mad and it was so tense. And I was like, this lady is so good at pretending like she's mad at her kids. So foreshadowing. Between hereditary and yeah. this. Yeah. Obviously, I looked it up. Haley Joel Osment was born in 88, so he was probably like 10 when they filmed it. He was about yeah. my age. He was a year. He's a year yeah. older than I am. Yeah. So, I mean, he did well for if he was a grown up, but he did so good for being 10 years old. And like I said, I really like got attached to him, even though I don't normally like I care way more about animals and movies than I do about people. But I was very attached to this kid, especially when he was King Arthur in his play. And he was so happy that he got to be King Arthur. Oh, my gosh. I'm well, going to cry. He, but he, um, was it was so good. he was nominated for the for the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for this role. Really? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. I did not know that. Yep. The puppy was good. <laughs> yeah. The little Draw husky them. puppy. Yeah, it was so cute. Yeah. Okay, I think that's it. But did I say five? Yeah. Yes, you did. Yeah. Okay. All right, Travis. It's a five. It's a five. Look, Bruce Willis. I mean, we all know Bruce Willis, and and he showed up for this movie. He showed up, and yep. he way delivered, over delivered. He did fantastic. Tony Collette is an underrated gem when it comes to her yes. performances. She did a fantastic job. Uh, the actress who played Anne Crow. Anna Crow, I think uh, yeah. she was a fantastic uh, performer in this film and our star Haley Joel Osment praise cannot be dumped upon him enough for the showered, not dumped. I'm not dumping on Haley Joel. I'm showering him <laughs> with praise. Fantastic. Amazing. He is the foundation of this movie. And without his performance being as good as it is, this movie would not be nearly as memorable as it is. So the acting is a five. Um, that short and sweet, that's where I'm at. Yep. I think the only way this movie could have been better is if Macaulay Culkin had played it instead of... Bruh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just I kidding. love Macaulay, I, but man, come yeah. on. Let Haley Joel nope. shine. No, I know you're kidding. I, I gave this a five because I, I don't need to say much more than you do already have. But this might be, after watching again last night, 
one of the single greatest child actor performances of all time, if not the greatest. It is riveting to watch him work and it is emotional to see him perform. Uh, I already mentioned that scene earlier where like this 10 year old boy managed to look afraid and hopeful for the camera at the same time. (laughs) And I'm like, I couldn't even do that right now. And I'm 33. Like I would have no idea how to do that. Is that when your dad goes, I have goosebumps on my knees. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My my dad was in town last night and he watched this with us. Yep. I think that was, was, was you know what we call that down South in Louisiana. Uh-huh. The Cajun word for goosebumps? Frissons. What? I don't know if I could frisson. Yeah, that's good. I got <laughs> I got the fr- okay. I got the frissons, cuh. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna forget it's that. Very fancy. I'm gonna forget that. It's fancy. <laughs> it sounds way too fancy. <laughs> <laughs> so is that what you called the R.L. Stein movie with Jack Black too? Uh no. Well, that's just goosebumps. I enjoyed that movie, but and I enjoyed those books as a kid. But yeah, that would be the Frissons collection. Yeah. I was always more of a Fear Street, but fair enough. Yeah. 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 So we don't need to talk more about the acting. It's a five. Like I said, I think it's probably the greatest performance from a child actor ever. I will um, I will I will second that without being able to think of anything better. Okay. Love it. So then here we go. The big one for this film, because this director has a lot that you can say about him. Uh, The direction of this film, Bailey. Okay. Maybe I'm going to get in trouble for this. I don't know. I have to mark it down one point. I'm going to say four. Okay. Because I was thinking about this when I was taking a shower. I think when the best thoughts occur. Yep. Right. Yep. Because obviously, like the first time I saw this, I was a kid. So I didn't, I don't pick up on like little things. But so going into it this time, I knew the twist. I knew what was going on. But then like watching it back, I'm like, okay, it's so obvious. How would you not see it? But I also, I don't know if everybody, like, if you don't know, I have no idea if you would pick up on it or not. But I think if like in the beginning, if they cut that part out, we're like, he gets shot and they just kind of like hinted that something happened and then just went into the story instead of showing him die. I think that would have made it a little more mysterious. So, but everything else was very good. (laughs) All right. Uh, All right, Travis, this is your moment. It's a five. And I'm going to say it because nobody was thinking that back in 1999. And I, Bailey, I appreciate your point. But it's the same as the the um, penny scene where Malcolm is trying to relate with Cole and he shows him a magic trick. He picks up the penny and he makes it disappear. If you want to nitpick, you're going to say, well, wouldn't that penny just be floating in the mid middle of the air type thing if somebody else walked in the room? There's a lot of moments like that in the script. But for the story to work, the director – the writer director has to capture your imagination for the story to work. And even if you have a few little nitpicks here and there, by the end of it, if you got the free songs, whenever you find out the twist, then the story worked and the director writer, they all did their jobs. Everybody in this case, it just so happened to be the same guy M night Shyamalan. 
Now, I'm an am not apologist, and he has made some crapola. He has, but yep. he's made some magnificent films, great films. And like we alluded to earlier, this is not even my favorite M. Night Shyamalan film. It's kind of mid-tier for me. I like a lot of his other movies more than this one. But I think as far as the writing and the direction goes, again, everything passes through M. Night. He's that auteur type director. It's his vision from start to finish. And everyone who signs on, they know who they're working with and they know who they're working for. I give this a five. There's just no way around it for me other than to, to see what he did. Um, as far as a storyteller goes an overall storyteller. And did he capture the imagination of the world with this movie? Yeah, Mm -hmm. he definitely did. So I, I, I just can't give him anything lower as a director than a five. And is this the part where we talk about other favorite M night movies or more favorite? If you want to, yes, you can save it for your final thoughts or you can do it right now. I'll, I'll say it now since okay. it, we'll, we'll get to our final thoughts about this film later. But th- for right now, this is not my favorite M. Night movie. My favorite M. Night movie is Signs. Um, his, his film after Unbreakable, which is his next film, is Unbreakable. I love that movie mm-hmm. more than this one too, actually. But my favorite- That's a great movie too. Yep. Oh, yeah. It's so good. But my I f- did not like Glass though. <laughs> well, we're- we disagree heavily. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Str- That's fair. Strongly rather. Uh, but okay. that being said, Signs is my favorite M. Night film, followed by The Village, followed by Split, Unbreakable, Glass, then this movie. So Okay. And then it'd be like The Visit, Knock at the Cabin, and then his other crap that he... Well, Lady in the Water, I enjoyed as well, but it'd be... Yeah, so... But then he made some other stuff. Um which we do not speak of. (laughs) You want to talk about that? No, no, definitely not. Uh, He, you know what? He tried to go the big Hollywood blockbuster route. And I get that man making money for your family, like putting, paying the bills, stacking the cash, but he just didn't, that's not his lane. This is his Mm -hmm. lane. Movies like Sixth Sense, movies like the village, minimal, smaller budget films where the characters, the writing and the story can shine. And I think all of his movies that are successful and that people like prove that the ones they don't like to, to different degrees, lady in the water is not very well liked, but some people like it like me, but it's not one of my favorites. Um, I'm, I love signs though. Signs is my, 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 my jam. So your top three are also my top three, but I'm not sure what order I would put them um, because I loved signs when I saw it. This scared the poop out of me as a junior higher. Um, But I had a very strong reaction to the village. I loved the village, everything about it. I even thought the twist was brilliant. I loved the village. So I don't know if that would be my top one. I feel like it would be. But then the split was also just incredible. I thought split was another moment of him being on top of his game. So I'm not I'm not sure I could tell you which one exactly is my favorite. But those three 
Split, Signs, and The Village are definitely my top three from him. I actually enjoyed Old, too. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Not, I forgot I'm, that one. Yes, me too. Yeah. I'm not sure I'd put it as a top three, but it might be number four. Like, I really enjoy, or no, Unbreakable would be better than Old. But I'll tell you what, every time you cover an M. Night movie, just if you will, please give me a give me a, a shout if you want, if you feel like it, because I'll come yeah. on here and I will talk M. Night because I love a lot of them. The village has a special place in my heart and I love the scene. You know what? I'm going to save it because if you ever talk about it, I want to be here for it. I, well, I, don't wanna... say anything. I've still never seen that one. What? Or the other one. No, I've seen split but that was the only one and i'm gonna say we've been married for almost three years and i haven't shown you the village yet the village is a romance it's it's yes it's a romance it's 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 not necessarily a horror film it is but it's not it's horror it's fringe but it's 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 folk horror romance almost yeah i i would i would definitely put romance in my opinion at the top that's what I. That's why the emo, the emo kid in me in high school loved it. <laughs> I, I'm with you. It's a spooky romance. I'm right there with yes. Oh man, we're yeah yeah we're twinning yep. again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so that well, I haven't given my direction yet. I give it a five. I think this was one of those when he was at the top of his game all the way around even though like you can just hear from that discussion it's not one of my favorite movies by him but everything comes together in this movie beautifully i do agree with bailey on rewatch it is very clear what the twist is but i also thought it was a testament to how beautifully structured he did this to have tony collette and Bruce Willis sitting in chairs in a room as Haley Joe Osment walks in to give the audience the impression that there was a conversation going on that ended when Haley Joe walked in. Oh, and then in hindsight, you realize that she never knew Bruce was there. Yes. That, so that's there's, perfect. Yeah. There's beautifully structured moments like this, that it is obvious to us that he's passed, but it's just, it's a it's almost it's an artistic touch to create that moment that happens where your brain fills in the gaps of what you didn't see to make you believe that he is still alive so it it, it's a testament to m night on this one i think he did a fantastic job second it all day all right so we are at the it factor then wrapping it up bailey i mean i think obviously i gotta go with a five okay because everybody knows this movie and it was one it was like one of like the scary movies that i knew about when i was a kid that i would like sneak watch it when it was on abc family and (laughs) like everybody knows the i see dead people and it's just it's just a classic. So I give it a five. I agree yeah. with Bailey um, for everything she said. It's a five for the, exactly that. This movie was a cultural phenomenon. It took the, the, the world by storm. It put M. Night on the map for sure. Time magazine or uh, one of the bigger publications. It might have been Time. I forget which one, but they, they said they had him on the cover 
and it said as a headline the next spielberg and that's high praise yeah uh, he didn't live up to that as far as the culture goes but you know if you ask me whose films i prefer <laughs> you might be surprised <laughs> um that be oh but the indiana jones movies jaws yeah it's okay it's okay <laughs> yeah, we, it's a whole other debate yeah the, jaws was the worst yeah i love i'm not i'm not the biggest fan i didn't grow up with indiana and jaws okay. is oh it's okay to me except for like once they get on the boat but oh see now is my moment to disagree with you. But that's okay. <laughs> I love ET and I love like War of the Worlds. I love the color purple. I love a lot of Spielberg, man. But anyway, yeah, not to get bogged yeah. down. This movie, The Sixth Sense, it's a five as well for me. Cultural impact is without a doubt. And it's a movie that we are still talking about to this day. So rest my I think I'm going to rest all our cases right there. No. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, it's a five. No, yeah. It's, it's a five. We're still talking about it to this day. You're still seeing, I see dead people pop up in popular culture. It's still there. But outside of that, this story is still powerful and emotional today. Um, you know, Bailey and I are sitting there watching it and I'm thinking about just Tony Collette's journey as a mother watching her child struggle. Whereas years ago, I probably saw it from like a teenager's perspective. I'm not thinking about the parent. I'm thinking about the kid and seeing it as an adult and thinking about it as a parent and having a child going through what Cole is going through in this film. It still resonates with people. It still can impact people. It, it also, um, I think that's why it sat on top of the box office for six weeks in 1999. It dominated the box office. It was a sensation. Uh, so it's definitely a five on the it factor. This, um, I made the case on the mummy that the mummy is the perfect example of a five for it factor. But I think this movie is too. While it didn't inspire spinoffs and sequels in the dozens, it is still something that is talked about and known by just about everybody 20 years later. So I don't think you can, I don't think you could justify a four outside of that. But if somebody wants to, I, I'm, yeah, I would listen. like to hear that argument myself is like why this is not culturally significant. That would be a great yeah. argument. And I, I don't mean that dismissively. I'd like to hear that side of it because I'd be like, but really? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. So, Bailey, how entertained were you? I'm going to say eight. I was okay. a little bit like it took me a minute to get into it, but that could probably also be my fault. But then I still really enjoyed it, even though it was kind of kind of wrecked me a little bit, like emotionally more than I thought it would. But I still, you know, I like to be disturbed when I watch yes. movies. So I did like it a while. I'll give it an eight. I mentioned that to Travis last time we were talking yeah. that, that you like to be disturbed. <laughs> I'm not disturbed. It wasn't good. <laughs> nice. Hereditary must be right up your alley. Oh yeah. I love that movie. Tim watched it with me one time and he's like, 
no, we're done. Never again. Have so. you have you ever <laughs> seen There's Something About the Johnsons? No. You need to watch that. It's Ari Aster. It's his short film he made before Hereditary. It's more fucked up. Oh, oh my gosh. Tim, we have again. to watch it. <laughs> you're gonna, I'm sorry, Tim. I'm sorry. You're, you're fine. You're fine. It's more messed up than that. Okay. <laughs> um, entertainment value. Look, I gave it a seven, and I struggled with this for a minute. But I'm gonna tell you why. This is not a. Please do. Based on your rating, it's a it's a zero. It's so awful. I don't ever want to see it again. To a ten, where it's like I will watch this immediately again. At the point I'm at now. As a as a film viewer, a horror aficionado, I would call myself amateur aficionado. <laughs> um, I I'm not watching things back to back to back to back these days. So I rated it today. This is a seven. I will rewatch it every few years. I'm not gonna jump back to it because back in the day I watched it over and over again. I've already done that part, so it's not a mm-hmm. ten. It's a seven now. Um, you, you, you'd be hard pressed to get a 10 from me for a movie I've seen 30, 40, 50 times, you know, like it's, I've, I've done it. So it gets a seven from me for entertainment value. If you want to talk about how entertained am I during the watch a 10, but based on the score, do I immediately want to watch this again? No, no, thanks. I've seen it enough. Uh, I got it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I'm going to give it a seven based on that criteria coming from just me. Um, that's not to take away from the impact of the film and how awesome it is. It's just, that's, that's just where I'm coming from with it. Yeah. And that's fair. I gave it an eight and for much the same reason you gave it a seven, I gave it an eight because I don't want to turn around and watch this again. It is a great film every once a year every couple years um like i said i it's been five six eight years since i saw it last honestly so there is a big gap in there i honestly think that made me appreciate it more than if i was to keep re-watching it um but it is interesting that you talk about like putting things on immediately again uh when we watched the mummy I watched that movie and I was just reminded what a great time that movie was and how I probably would turn around and put that one on again immediately because it was a blast from start to finish. But this is a very different kind of film and it is very, I don't want to say it's slow. It's not slow, but the movie itself is almost soft. It is a gentle disturbing upsetting emotional ride well, to, to that and to that it, point yeah can i say like real quick and and i like that you mentioned the slow aspect that's why i was like oh shoot um skinnamarink is a movie that i put on again and again and again mm-hmm. right after i first saw it i've only seen it five times so i don't watch it again and again but I, the first time i saw it and all the puzzle pieces fell into place for me I had to put that movie on again and again and again until I could not watch it anymore. Like it disturbed me beyond belief to the point to where now it's traumatizing. Like if I watch that movie, I will cry. I will cry. Just I can't do it. 
So, yeah. so the way you talk about it makes me want to watch it again. I know, I know. And people say that and then they watch it and they don't get, they, and I don't want to perturb you from like dis, dissuade you from watching it, but I personally have a thing with that movie. I think, I think it's a th- me thing and I think it yeah. resonates with me. Not that other people don't get it or anything. It's not an ego thing. It's just this, that movie resonated with me on a personal level that other movies just have not. And, but just to say like, it's weird how we interpret film and or any kind of art, any kind of art form where you can, you can consume it however often, like, cause songs are different, right? Like songs you can listen to over and over, but they're shorter than films. That's granted. Yep. But eventually you get tired of a song, you get tired of a movie and you, you know, you've seen it enough. You've heard it enough. Six Sense is one that I'm like, I've seen this movie so many years ago, but the point you were making was that like the mummy you wanted to put right back on. And it is, I think a more fun movie, lighthearted, something that's more turn your brain off versus something like this. That's heavy. It takes, makes you feel. Yeah. It takes, it's, 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 it's got weight to it. This movie has weight to it. And I don't know as a movie watcher where that makes something. And I don't think there should even be a distinction, but I guess I have to ponder the thought. Where does that give it more weight or credibility? Like if I think more and feel more watching this, is this better than something that I just have fun with? I'm struggling with that as a, as a watcher myself. Sometimes I don't know. I give, I give movies I have fun with high ratings all the time, tens all the time. And I love movies that make me think and make me feel. And I give those tens too. And I, and I think the the um, conclusion is irrelevant, but I still ponder the thought of what's more important. Maybe they're both important. And and I think yeah. I think I shouldn't think about it too hard. <laughs> well, I it's something I've pondered before as well. It's actually so here I go into the way I created the scoring system again. Um the points you bring up are exactly why the first eight categories for our scoring are about the quality of the film. So from the story standpoint, script, music, direction, all of that is about how well put together the film is. So for a movie like The Sixth Sense, I think I scored all of its construction higher than I scored The Mummy's construction. Now, The Mummy... I gave the enjoyment factor, which is twice what everything else is as far as the score goes, because it's a major part of it. But the enjoyment factor for The Mummy, I gave a 10. Loved it. You know, it's a blast of a movie. But the enjoyment factor for this one came down just a bit. So I tried to take in exactly what you're talking about in that like a higher quality film a more important or deeper story isn't always going to be as enjoyable as a quote unquote popcorn flick. And so I tried to balance that out in the score where a popcorn flick might not be perfect in its construction. So it's going to get points taken off there, but will be enjoyable and get some higher points there. The score is going to kind of even out at the end to show us 
hopefully a better representation of what we thought. Um, so Didn't you give Hereditary like a one for enjoyment? I think it was a three. Oh, the brother. Three. <laughs> but everything else. I think else, it was a three. Five. Yeah. Dude, the <laughs> naked old people cult worshiping the demon head at the end. Yeah. That, like, <laughs> I appreciated. I scored Hail the Bay construction Lee. of. <laughs> I can I scored the construction of that film basically fives all the way across but then that movie is an emotional journey that is a struggle for me to sit through um but yeah so that is definitely uh, like that's a good point I scored that movie fives on just about every part of its construction but a 3 on my enjoyment which takes it down to a 43 you know, that's still a very high score, yeah. but doesn't say it's a perfect film. Um, did I give my, my enjoyment? No. Yeah, I did. It was, it was, oh, it yeah, was, oh, eight, yeah, right? yeah, you, yep. yeah. I'm yep. sorry. Nope. That's okay. It, it was an eight. Um, yeah. So, and we just talked a lot about it. <laughs> so Bailey, you have your final thoughts for this film. Sure. Um, I think my final thoughts is just I was your surprised. Final score. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, being married to you, I have to watch a lot of movies all the time. So you're like, we got to watch yeah. Six Sense tonight. And I'm like, OK, whatever. And so <laughs> but then I didn't expect to like like it so much because like we I think we all said the last time I watched it, I was a kid. And so I remember being freaked out by certain parts of it. But then watching it again now, I was you know, horrified, but for different reasons. It was more of like a, I'm very sad type of horror rather than like spooky. So I liked it. And I think my final score is 43. So that makes it an amazing, in the amazing category for you. I would agree. I'll concur. Okay. Nice. Uh, My final thoughts on this is that I, I feel like this is M. Night strong. Uh, writing, directing, the performances are amazing. Um, the direction again is fantastic. Score not not so memorable to me, but effective while watching the film. That's neither here nor there for this movie, for this particular movie, because it's not its strongest suit, and I don't think it was ever meant to be. I will say, I think it's 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 something. We already talked about it. it's going to be talked about for years to come. We're still talking about it over 20 years later, right? So mm-hmm. important film in the zeitgeist, especially in the horror community, which is my realm uh, over at the nightclub. And I'm a horror fan big time. That's that's my bread and butter. So I got to give my props to M. Night Shyamalan. And my final score is a 44 because uh, I had to give my – I, I guess I again I think I hit the wrong number on my scorecard for that first score. Uh so bump it up. I'm bumping it up to a 44. So is that still amazing? Is that is that yep. yep. That is still amazing. So it is amazing from 41 to 48, 49, and 50 are perfection. Right. This is not a perfect yep. movie, but it's it's a great, amazing film. I, I think this is an amazing movie. M Night did the thing yep i i am actually also at a 43 um 
I I don't have a whole lot more to tack on to it. It is an engrossing watch. It is a great film. Um, I mentioned earlier that my father was visiting and he sat in on the watching of it. He's not really a horror movie fan, but he is a thriller fan. We grew up watching murder mystery shows all the time. Uh, suspenseful films. Um, but he he dozed off a little at the beginning of this movie, but then was sucked <laughs> into the story. And I mean, like we mentioned earlier, he said his knees had goosebumps. And so me having seen lots of horror movies that would disturb the pants off my father, uh, this movie was scary for him uh, where it wasn't for me, but it was still a great journey it's still it's got just enough of that spooky edge to it it's got a great emotional story and that emotional story is super important um but my this is like we talked we've talked a lot about m night we've talked a lot about his other movies this is one of his best films i already said it's not my favorite by him but this is if most people are going to ask what the best M night film is. The average person is probably going to recommend this one, but yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot more to say this one, except as night 10 of the 13 nights of Halloween. Yeah, no night 11. Sorry, not 11 of 13 nights of Halloween. This is a great movie to put on for a social setting. It's an amazing film based on how our scores go for that. It might be a little bit slow at the beginning, but it's worth paying attention to. It's worth diving into the story and the nuances of the story and its construction. I don't want to say it's one of those once in a lifetime movies for a director, but this is one of those where lightning struck and everything came together beautifully. Yeah. If you can get everyone in the room to sit down, pop your popcorn, brew your drinks, whatever you got to do, sit down, mm-hmm. turn the lights down, pop this baby on and say, hey, we're going on a journey. We're all going to have fun tonight and you're going to get the frissons on your kneecaps. Yeah. <laughs> this movie's going to do it for you. Six cents all day. Yep. And it's it's kind of got that perfect. Uh, it's not it's not gory. It's not super scary for the people in your party who don't care for those things. It's got just enough for everybody. It's worth it. Travis, do you want to plug your stuff one more time? Uh, yeah, sure. Everyone out there yeah. that's listening to the average, if you want to check out the nightclub podcast, we're on all the socials. Um, at you can find us the nightclub. You'll see the little moth bun moon skull guy he's black and white you'll know what he looks like when you see him uh mm-hmm. we're everywhere you can find podcasts spotify apple iHeartRadio, all those places we just did our um well by the time everyone hears this we did our vhs coverage of uh vhs 85 with actress evie bear who played ruth in the film and we had awesome. we had, oh dude it was so fun talking to her I just finished that movie yesterday, I think. Yeah. She is a blast and a half. And we all had a great time talking about that movie. We're a hard R podcast. So if you don't like, you know, cursing and bad jokes that are poo poo pee pee jokes, don't listen. But uh, I think I, I, <laughs> check, check us out anyway. We have we, we have fun. I think we have a good atmosphere. Poo poo pee pee 
are actually Bailey's favorite. Well, so ba- Bailey, <laughs> check out the Nightclub podcast. I will, I will listen if there's poop jokes. I'm I'm in. Oh, we 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 we're yeah. It's 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 pretty vile. We're vile people. <laughs> um, but all that being said, we have fun. So everyone, thank thank you. Tim for having me back on the average and for giving me the opportunity to talk about this M night Shyamalan film. I appreciate it very much, especially coming off the Mars attacks. Cause I love talking about that with you too, Bailey. It was a pleasure to talk to you and to meet you and I hope to do it again. Yeah, I definitely hope, I hope I can jump in on your podcast soon. Yeah, yeah, you and if Bailey's down with it, Bailey, you're welcome to do it too. I, I would like to have both of y'all on. All right, we will. Bailey, go ahead. Well, oh, I was gonna say I don't have any podcasts, but I'm a math tutor. So if anybody needs a math tutor, yeah, shoot us a message on Instagram. I'm horrible at math, so if you could teach me how to divide, because I still <laughs> use my fingers for math. I'm from I'm from Mamu, Louisiana. All right, so are you still there? No, thank God. <laughs> I'm in Baton Rouge now. Um, and okay. yeah, but no, uh, but yeah, I still use my fingers <laughs> for math. <laughs> yep. I, I count little dots on the paper. I just let that's, I'm married. She's a smart one in the relationship. I'm, she's creative too. So I can't really say I'm the creative one, but she's the brains of the Different ways for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not good at like art, but I'm definitely a creative and I'm not good at uh, numbers and all that. So, yeah, I'll I'll take the math tutoring. I I don't know math. (laughs) (laughs) Help me with numbers. (laughs) Yep. All right, Travis, thank you so much for joining us. Bailey, thank you for joining the podcast. I'll see you as soon as I hang up. Um, If you have been following along, this is 9-11. We have two more nights in this countdown to Halloween that we call the 13 nights of Halloween. So I hope you'll show up. Two of my favorite movies are next. The next episode might get a little bit contentious, but then we're going out with a bang on Halloween. So we'll see you there.